You're listening to the Coffee Clatch Crew podcast with your hosts, Jason and Christina. Consider it your digital water cooler. I do hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the Coffee Clatch Crew, The Stand episode review. I'm Jason Pistorino. I'm Christina Lomangino. And today we review the finale, The Circle Closes, brought to you by ExpressVPN. As we know, this one was written by Stephen King and directed by Josh Boone. IMDb is giving it a 5.3 and Rotten Tomatoes a 58%. We will go over the full ratings on where we stand in our bonus episode next time. But for today, we're just going to look at the finale, episode 9, which was originally entitled Coda for Any in the Well. We only mentioned this title in the spoiler section of the last episode, even though we knew it from the very beginning. Because I thought it was strange that clearly this had to be a huge spoiler. Obviously, it was going to have something to do with Franny being in a well. There's a lot of allusions to this. There are some situations with characters finding themselves in that situation in other King novels. But even in this novel, when they talk about the second die-off, quote-unquote, after the superflu epidemic, people dying of other things you know, getting a snake bite and dying of the venom because they didn't have anyone to help them. A little girl wandering around in a field and falling into a well and dying. So I was pretty upset that they had put that title out there because it turns out one of the most suspenseful moments in the episode is that happening. And I really like the title they went with, The Circle Closes. Of course, this has a lot of meaning to the story. And it's the way that King opens up and concludes the novel. I just wish they would have gone with that in the first place. He starts off the book saying the circle opens and finishes it with the circle closes. There's a little more to it than that, but we're going to talk about that over in the spoiler section. Let's see what the critics had to say about this episode. On the positive side, one critic says after four decades, Franny Goldsmith finally gets her showdown. In the original, she went to Maine to rebuild with Stu, but she never really got a definitive climax or conclusion. Consequently, even King himself said he felt a need all these years later to give her the bigger moment her character deserved. And her stand is one that proves the value of faith. On the other side, they say the stand is a pretty explicit stance on society, suggesting it will always inevitably become violent. But as with the Franny voiceover, we sort of just scoot along. We're never shown anything interesting about Boulder as a fledgling society attempting, and maybe failing, to rebuild things. There's no nuance to anything Stu and Franny are saying about the way they think things are headed. Instead, it's just a wobbly justification for this rash decision. Okay, let me start with nothing that's happening in this brand new coda written 40 years later by King himself to fix what wasn't there in the first place is really new. I'm sorry. I'm just going to say that. Is it new from the original book? Because you were saying it came out with an uncut version later. Yeah, that was way back in the day, which had an additional uh, 400 pages, maybe. It did include the epilogue that we see at the very end with Randall Flagg. Okay. That wasn't in the first one. I'll tell you what's new to this CBS adaptation is there's no journey with Stu and Fran like this. They do travel to Nebraska. But of course, as we've discussed, that's the home of Mother Abigail, where she has her own farm and they bring the baby Peter in the books to see it. Okay. They spend a little bit of time there before going to Maine. But Franny does not fall into a well. There is not a reincarnation of Mother Abigail that comes to heal her. There is a separate healing section that we actually talked about in one of our episodes as Mother Abigail is dying and she gives her instructions for the group to make their walk. And Franny has been really injured from the explosion that Harold and Nadine caused. 
I remember you telling me about this. She touches her, and Franny is healed of all her injuries. Much the way it happens here, except without needing this strange spirit version of a girl that we're going to talk about. So even the ideas that seem new, they're just a mix-up of things from the book or previous versions shuffled around and put into a new format. Mm. There's no genuinely brand new ideas going on here. While I enjoy the tone of this episode for some other time in the season, because I had been looking for more of the horror story elements, to have it be the finale when we haven't really been getting that and just sort of throwing it in there on top of some very kind of cliche reflections on society that we've already been getting a lot of, it feels like it really misses the mark as far as lining up with the rest of the season. Well, I agree with you that for the first time, I was feeling like I was watching a horror movie or scary movie, at least. The tension was high. They did really well with making you anticipate something's going to happen to Franny and even something's going to happen to Stu. Mm -hmm. I was making up stories in my head the whole time. I was like, he left his car door open and his window open. He's going to get stranded there. Or there's someone in that store. The way they were filming close up and weird angles and the music behind it, that is like a scary movie. Never mind, I don't have to explain her on top of a well that looks like it's going to break. Kojak peering into the corn stalks. That looks scary, yeah. Love all of that. Is that this show? Is that fitting for the final episode? And then they have to do some pretty tropey horror movie things that don't fit with these characters who already aren't established enough to get them to this point. Franny needs to make the dumb decision to crawl out onto that well for water she doesn't need. <laughs> they have stuff to drink, and Stu is bringing back water. There's absolutely no reason for her to need to do that. She's a very smart individual. It makes no sense. Forgetting all that, though, if you want to just say we need to move them into these positions so that happens. The real big problem here is that they've shied away all season from the spiritual aspects. We've talked about how they borderline cut Mother Abigail from this show. And now they're actually going to go full on biblical, reciting several verses straight from the Bible. Mm. Get thee behind me, Satan. Where were you when I made the world? And we're going to reincarnate a version of Mother Abigail into this spirit girl who inhabits the trope that we've said they were trying to get away from the magical black character all season. They actually just go 120% into it here. I don't understand why they were afraid to address some of these problematic areas from King's book, and then they, they just do it. Maybe they weren't afraid to. Maybe they didn't know how to. Now, I understand, though, her not needing water and going to get it while she's alone, how that annoys you, because it does me too. But there was other things that compounded that. After everything they've been through, she leaves the baby alone on the stairs, mm -hmm. fucks around with this old wood to get a little bit of water. And leaves the walkie-talkie in the house. And the gun, not on her. And the gun just hanging out. There's so many dumb things that she did that this was the problem we were having with The Walking Dead four years, five years into it. Everything you've gone through, this is probably your first time not having anyone around in, in a long time. And you have the baby there. Why would you And they mess just around? explicitly said they knew all the dangers that were going to happen from going on this journey alone. A whole other problem we'll get into, but that is the same as in the novel. So we're not going there yet. Clearly, they've thought about this stuff. They've made up plans because when Stu tries to radio her later, he says, I told her to keep it by her. Mm -hmm. And like we say, Franny is not a dumb character. Right. 
So you're giving her this episode where she's finally going to get her opportunity to take a stand and be a strong character and have some personality. And you just have her doing a bunch of dumb stuff. Okay, that doesn't really help her. And then we have her encountering Flag, which to me was a very bizarre series of this is the same stand everybody's made throughout the entire book. There's nothing she's doing here that I haven't seen in any other fashion that seems unique to Franny. You're offering me a deal. It's terrible because you're the devil. We're not going to let that happen again. Maybe because this was imminent threat. She was dying. And he offered to save the baby, which I enjoy, but there was no impact for me. Everything was foreshadowed about this ending. I do agree with trying to give both Stu and Franny a little bit more substance. There are two characters from every version that perhaps we love the most, but have the least amount of arc because they start out pretty good and they wind up pretty good and there's Mm. never a a time where you think otherwise. I don't think that belongs in a a final episode, though. I have no doubt in my mind that's what Franny's going to do. It's one last test for her, I guess. What they did before that wasn't enough, apparently. (laughs) Now she's, you know, God's going to treat her better. But before we get there, let's do uh, CKC rewrite time. We love to do this at the end of seasons. I'm not even going to go into the possibility of the three seasons, three to four seasons, that Paramount Plus could be drawing people in, having Variety write the next Game of Thrones you've been waiting for. Mm -hmm. Never mind that. Let's just talk about this episode. Mm -hmm. If you need her to go in the well, because I think that part's great. Do we need her to be in the well? I guess for the imminent threat... Can't she get a concussion and be unconscious, but not have these injuries that need to be supernaturally healed, creating the problem of this girl that comes along? Well, yeah, perhaps. We just need her to be unconscious, really. Yeah, you didn't seem to like the girl. I actually did, but we'll get into that later. Okay. Let's say the well was the outline that we had. Mm -hmm. We had to find a way to get her there. And we're in the writing room. They present this script. We would say, this is too tropey. This is not the character of Franny. There are so many other ways where she falls into the well. There could be that that's when the dog goes out and grabs the doll and brings it back. And Franny's putting the baby down there outside. She's just hanging out. And she sees the the doll and gets a weird feeling and then walks over to grab it. Now, the dog is right next to the well. If you remember the stairs, a little bit of grass and then the well. And as she goes down to grab it, that's when Flag just goes in her ear, scares the shit out of her, and she falls over into the well. It's even, it's a little more. Which is basically what happened. But if he can create visions and things that aren't there and cause rats to come crawling out, he could make it look like there's a child there who's in trouble. There's Mm. something that she needs to go towards. There you go, even better. Strengthens a little bit of her character to try to save that. The well disappears. She doesn't see it. Mm Mm-hmm. And instead, it's a baby. It's her baby. What is Abby doing over there? I just put her down. She looks like she's in trouble. There's a, a rat running towards her. Mm-hmm. Or it's Kojak in trouble. And she starts to go over. And then you see her fall, scream. Again, that facade disappears. And you see her fall into the well. There, there's a million ways to get her there that don't have her making silly decisions. But it's one problem on top of many. This is what I'm saying without even spending too much time there. Number one, I don't even know if I choose this journey for my finale. If we haven't done it for Stu and Fran's characters by this point, Mm. it's not going to do it for me in a final episode. What I want to come back to is that they cut another journey that I've been hinting at, which was the end of the book between Stu and Tom, where there was a lot of great material there. Mm. 
And I don't know why we don't do that journey. The journey back home? Yes. After Tom saves him, their effort to get back to Boulder. And there is an ongoing question as they're coming back about Fran's pregnancy and whether this could be flag reincarnated, as you brought up last time. Is her baby going to be some version of evil coming back in this world? So you could be cutting back and forth and getting Fran's character of grappling with all of those fears and what is going to happen to the next generation of babies. That's a really important point that we didn't get too far into. They brushed right over it at the top of this episode. They have no idea if the babies are going to be immune. If they get sick, what's going to happen? That could be the end of humanity. Mm. So you have two amazing story arcs you can go back and forth for this final episode. Or final couple of episodes. You don't need to create a whole nonsense Franny in the well. Instead, of, instead, they breeze over it. One of the problems with this is a big part of that journey back gives you further background into Tom, which is excellent. Mm-hmm. And him having a really beautiful, albeit spiritual, moment with Nick, who we did not make a character in this version. I don't know how much impact it has to bring him back. Now, he's coming back in a spiritual sense. I think it's much less silly than the way Mother Abigail comes back here. But Tom is experiencing a kind of dream vision of Nick coming back and talking to him, which... After losing a character we love in that version, it's really nice to see him back, to see Tom get to meet with him one more time. Similar to the vision of the girl. Right. That even works here. Instead of making it a girl, a reincarnation of Mother Abigail, you make it Nick. And Stu gets out of the car and he's like, Nick, what are you doing holding my baby? Except Nick wasn't a thing here, so you really can't. I mean, then again, I say that Mother Abigail really wasn't here, but at least we get a sense of her being on the side of good. But we worked so hard in all these versions to say she was a prophet. She was a mouthpiece of God. She wasn't a magical being or a trope that could like pass her hands over somebody and heal them, which is exactly how it feels here. It was God working through her. Well, It wasn't her. We could say it was God. Yes, but she needs to physically manifest in a way after she's already gone in this version. She's still with us in the 94 when that happens. Okay. We actually had to bring her back here and then make her a child. And it was strange. I'm just going to say after we veered away from that all season, it was very strange. Well, we're going to break more of that down in plot. Let me just quickly get to our music notes for the episode because we had quite a few. One of my favorites, Credence. We have Green River at the 4th of July barbecue. Perfect. I Fall to Pieces by Hank Cochran and Harlan Howard. San Luis by Gregory Allen Isakoff. That's when they're driving together on the road. When Stu and Fran first set out, they have to winch cars out of the way. Some nice wide panning shots of their journey. Needed time. And this is when the young girl, Mother Abigail, is singing in the middle of the cornfield. Mm. And finally, one that I really didn't like. It's the end of the world, R.E.M. at the end credits. Weird. I feel like they didn't know what tone they wanted to go with the show, so they just went everywhere. For anything, and especially (laughs) this episode, it feels so all over the map. Very strange. (laughs) For our crow's eye view, we start out with actually some really great scenes of Franny and the baby. Franny tells us, I wish I could tell you every story has a happy ending. The truth is most stories don't end at all. Not really. Where are we headed and how much further do we have to go until we get there? How long before we go from rebuilding back to just living again? And how long after that before this place goes back to being just like before? 
Sometimes it feels like Captain Trips was like flipping a breaker switch. Everything's new, a chance to do it all different. But every day I wonder, will we? Will we do anything different this time? Can we even? Are we capable? And that's sort of the message of this whole final chapter that is important, but she sums it up beautifully right there. The reality of a situation is you only get a happy ending when you stop the story at the right place. Mm, That's true. (laughs) Because the circle does continue. Yeah, the realities of what's next comes. The Mm -hmm. realities of human beings, our shortcomings, our affinity to want and need more, which creates criminals, which creates cops who have to arm themselves, which just perpetrates the whole story all over again. So as much as we might be frustrated with that, that is from the original source material. King brings it in to make it more realistic. It doesn't just end here. The the Battle of the Stand goes on. Now, opening an episode like this, panning through a montage of what's going on and having Franny talk over it, it's nice. It actually feels like, you know, this is what you missed in the 94 version. We're Mm going to start this story off like this, narrating it for you. But, Clatchers, we just ask you to take what she said And imagine it being pulled into a couple of episodes where they can make you feel what's going on and make you question, is this baby going to live? We didn't think about that. Maybe just because you didn't die from the trips, that doesn't mean your baby won't. Mm -hmm. That's a big deal. Or how about Mother Abigail's gone, the big five are gone. You have just Franny. Who takes over now? And what's the momentum? What are they going? Are they staying Kumbaya or... Are things starting to unfold? The people are gray. And she even says that the zone is urging her throughout this time to send scouts to Vegas to find out what happened to their people, what happened to Flag, what was that explosion? You could be seeing her struggles through that with the baby while you're cutting to Stu and Tom on their perilous journey. Amazing, yeah. Facing death at every turn because of the elements, because of Stu's sickness. It's all been baked in there. And you can hint at moments of, his flag still alive? You can have a crow sometimes randomly, but it doesn't seem too obvious. They don't sit the camera on it. Just like they did with the pin. When they go into the ruins of Vegas and the pin changes. Yeah. And you're going, oh shit, I knew he wasn't dead. Where is he? You're wondering if he's going to get reincarnated with Fran's baby. And that beautiful scene when Stu finally makes it back and him and Fran reunite, that's your ending. And maybe you still have the epilogue with Flag. If you want to take it to the dark side, fine. I think they, they had it all here. It's like the rest of the season. It's how they chose to remix things. And rush it. God damn it with the rushing. <laughs> but I, I really enjoy her pondering on all the things you said next, that everyone in the zone is celebrating the birth of her baby, and then Abby gets sick. And of course, they want to think it's anything other than the super flu, but her neck starts to swell up. And they're saying 7.3 billion people died of Captain Trips. No one ever recovered, meaning they believe there's no hope for this baby, yet Franny can't do anything to end her suffering. She just can't do that, which is also a really intense, amazing situation Franny would have to find herself in. So it turns out with Franny, the person she had the baby with, the father, was not immune. So this baby which we knew wasn't born from two immune parents. So we come to find out through what Franny's saying is if you have two immune parents, the babies are fine. It never even gets Captain Trips. This one had to fight for the immunity to be enough. Yeah, there were a few babies that came right after Franz, and that was a big question. A couple of people that came from one immune and one non-immune parent, and it was kind of like the odds of chance. The baby Mm. had to get sick. Would they fight it? Would they develop the antibodies or not? 
So it looks like I was wrong. I said maybe Flag's baby is actually, I was totally off on that. Well, this is what I've been saying, though, could have been a good thing to show they're worrying about that because in the books they are worrying about that as the pregnancy goes on. As I talked about last time, Stu is getting these nightmares that it's Flag's reincarnation come back around. Franny's getting odd feelings. It could be like when the baby starts doing better and she holds a baby on her shoulder and is so happy we see the baby's back and it looks like a rash, but it's actually... This, the face, and it smiles at us? Well... No, uh, cheesy? Uh, yeah, I think it's better if... Cut that out, cut that out. <laughs> it's just the fear while she's pregnant that they don't know. Okay. And Stu kind of tells himself that, too. You're just being a man about this. You think that if you're not there, things won't turn out right. Don't let your mind run wild with it. She's going to be okay. But it's natural to have these fears. And even after the baby is born, Franny is contending with these pressures. What we mentioned, also she sees Norris, who wants her to attend the remembrance ceremony that evening at the main hall because she is the zoner's only connection to Mother Abigail. We have another vigil-type thing, okay, that Franny goes to. And that's when Stu and Tom return. They have this great moment. Stu greets his new baby. Tom saved my life. That's Mm. the end of Tom. Okay. It cuts from that to the pannings on the ruins of Vegas, which is a visually great scene. This is silly, but you and I were both saying it out loud, just jokingly, how disgusting Tom and Stu would smell. And uh, (laughs) so when he walks up, I'm like, oh, he probably smells so bad. And then they start kissing and I'm like, oh, God. Franny, don't do that. Make him brush his teeth first. (laughs) Next, sometime later, the zone is holding a 4th of July barbecue by the lake. We see a mural of Mother Abigail painted on a nearby wall. Love that. Yes, it's moving into the story of how Boulder developed, but we are starting to take that next step. So while things are great and they have more than they used to, they're cooking food, they can have ice in their drinks, people are dancing, we have music, there's a sense of normalcy. We also understand why Franny is a little bit uncomfortable and upset. It is all escalated so quickly, it's already, quote-unquote, starting back up again. How do you stop this urge of the tide that's coming that people just want to go right back to the way they were doing stuff before? And that's an issue. So there's a few questions I had. One, going off of what you're talking about, no one ever said that trips was because of the way humanity was living. Us wanting to build, wanting to grow, doesn't necessarily mean that's why trips was there. So she's piecing that together, which is strange to me. Mm. I would like if we were starting all over to fix a few things, but inevitably we need, especially since they're getting, what, what do you say, like 400 more people came in? 500 since February when he returned and he knew everyone's name from then till July. And they have three people in jail. So, mm-hmm. you know, people are, humans are going to be humans. They're, they're arming the cops. So now they're arming, the okay. First step towards a problem. That doesn't necessarily mean that you're, you're going backwards. You still have time to cultivate a different type of way of living. Do you? How, how do you do that? Because that's what the committee was trying to do. At the outset of this, you need to create a new way. And Glenn knew in the books. He was nervous. They were using this sociology to bring back a democracy they had already had. And that was going to start up some problems because once you have the momentum, it's really difficult to go backwards. At this point in the books, people are campaigning for positions. And he's thinking, God, politics are back already. They've given him a spot on the council, but it's honorary and nobody actually really wants him there. He's going to serve for the rest of his term and then leave. And it does make it clearer in the books what you were just saying. It starts with arming the cops. 
Then the criminals get guns so they can fight back against the cops. Then it becomes even bigger, and there's two factions, much the way there was with Boulder and Vegas. And so they have to get larger weapons Mm. just so they can prepare themselves. If one attacks the other, they have something to retaliate with. Until you're at the scale of atomic bombs again, or people cooking up viruses biochemically just in case. Okay, I see what you're saying. But if you put yourself in that position, another thing I was thinking about, and we'll circle back. I'll close this one, this <laughs> circle. Um, we were looking at them, having fun, enjoying themselves. And I kept thinking, what happens when they run out of, insert anything, really, like That's toilet paper, uh, the car that they're driving away in. 50 years, even cars that haven't been used yet are not good anymore. Yeah, not Okay, even. so you can have some, some people, some uh, mechanics fix things, but only so far. You're going to have to start to eventually build new. Medicine's going to run out. How do you create new medicine? Exactly. So it's inevitable that we're going to have to start to, as these people come in, this 500, there's got to be someone that used to work on cars or was a engineer. And you're going to have to start to rebuild if you want to continue to live in comfort, unless you want to go back to where Flag is now, being a, you know, a tent and fire. And maybe they're better off, those people. Maybe. For not needing to rely on all that. I did like in the books, they returned to Mother Abigail's home in Nebraska, where she actually was fine mm. when the superflu hit, because she had never fully evolved out of the older ways of life. She had a pump and a well for her water that she ha- didn't have to rely on anyone else. She had an outhouse for her bathroom that didn't need electricity. She had animals and baked her own bread, and she was much more able to get through all of this. Now, I completely agree and was always frustrated in the novel about Stu and Fran's individual decision to leave. Uh-huh. I get everything they're saying, the problems with the zone, their direction they're headed in, Sure. starting it back up again. We need to find a way to slow this down and really try to be different instead of falling back into those patterns. But the answer is... Two of you just go off alone? That's not going to stop what's happening in Boulder. You're not going to start a new civilization in Maine if you're only two of you. All you're doing is putting yourselves radically at danger. What if anything? What about Fran's next four children, supposedly, she's going to have with no doctor? What if she does fall down a well and there's not magical Mother Abigail to fix her? What about the little communities that we've already seen that are just pirates, basically? People running the zoo. There was a reason They looked for other people and banded together after the superflu A. They talked all the time because people need people. As dangerous as that gets when there's a lot of them together, they need it socially. They need it to survive because, yes, now you have a doctor. Now you have somebody who knows about farming. Mm. You have all those things that you can actually live. And they sort of make passing mention to eventually we're going to have to go back to Boulder so our kids can socialize with others. They can meet others. They can marry others. There's a whole lot of between now and then to account for. And it is just bizarre. I don't see how that ever works. And it always did frustrate me in the books. On top of the people they are still really close with and love that they're leaving in Boulder. Bye, Tom. I know. And that that scene. Bye, Joe, who just lost your parents again. Joe went through all this trauma. Yeah. Lost his original family. His mom turned into the psycho wife of Flag. Now Larry is gone. But you're going to be cool because you got your guitar. Like, <laughs> There's a lot of things. And, and that the Tom scene was heart-wrenching. If it was you and I, 
and you said you wanted to leave, I would straight up say, if you're going to leave, you're going by yourself. <laughs> because I'm not doing it. I almost died to protect this place. And now you want me to leave again? Well, okay. So let's say you have this rash idea, right? You both agree. Once you have that experience in Nebraska, aren't you like, okay, I've reconsidered. Let's go back. to. Yeah. We had a nice little trip to Nebraska, but I think we're good now. Let's go back to Boulder. I would have never even left. Or take a small contingent of people. If you feel and say like, what? I want to go see my old house. No, no. If you feel like they need to break up, that too many people, it's too large, it's getting okay. too out of control. Take a group of people, people that you are close with and do love. Somebody who does have some medical background, s- split it up a little. Have your mm. own community go start somewhere else. Say, we're going to find a way to keep these factions smaller for right now. We're still going to communicate with each other. Basically try to do it different, but on a scale, maybe that would work. Maybe, but again, you're making teams. No, you're making smaller townships. But remember, even tribes, Indian tribes, they weren't these peaceful tribes that we uh, read about in the books. They fought. They do. That's kind of her point. But um, anyway, let's go on to the next scene from this episode where... Just want to say, I would have never left. After driving across part of the country, they do stop at this farmhouse in Nebraska. Stu checks the property, and Kojak wanders over, staring into the corn, retrieving a doll from inside, and the wind picking up. It's very ominous. I'm not sure why. Yeah, they made it scary. They made it to be that this girl was someone to be frightened of, children of the corn style. It is very clear, though, from the beginning, the next scene we see her in, in the middle of the night in the grass, that it is some version of Mother Abigail. She's singing the same song. She's in the middle of the cornfield. And later, they even show us the definitive proof she's wearing the same cross necklace that Mother Abigail had. It was only scary because the way they sat on it with the editing and Mm -hmm. the music playing. Mm -hmm. Now, let's take out the music and think about the dog. He wasn't barking. He wasn't angry. He wasn't scared. He was sitting there. He knew that's Mother Abigail. Mm -hmm. Why did they make it scary for us? To create false tension? Fucking scary, yeah. Okay, so the next day, Stu goes off into town to get supplies, and Franny stays back at home. He gets to the town, he gathers everything, but is detained on the way back when a tire blows out, and he stops to fix it. Meanwhile, Franny notices a pump for a well and goes to check it. Leaning far out over the rotting wood, Flag comes up behind her and speaks in her ear, a rat emerging to bite her hand, and she falls into the well down to the bottom. This podcast is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Okay, so we all know how VPN can protect your privacy and security online, right? It's a virtual private network, so a secure tunnel between your device and the internet which protects you from online snooping, interference, and censorship necessary in times of online work and untrusted free public Wi-Fi. Newsflash, if you're at Starbucks and you're using their Wi-Fi, it's kind of dangerous. I do that a lot. But if you have ExpressVPN, you're safe. But what I didn't know until recently, and this has taken my TV watching game to the next level, you can use a VPN to unlock movies and shows that are only available in other countries. Yeah, that was new for me too. So over the weekend, we used ExpressVPN to binge Doctor Who on UK Netflix. Yes. Longtime listeners know that I was getting Christina caught up on Doctor Who, all the past episodes via Netflix, and then Doctor Who was pulled off of Netflix and we were stuck. Mm-hmm. But now with ExpressVPN, two clicks and we're on a UK server. And we're watching Doctor Who. Yeah, it was simple. All we had to do was pull up the app, 
change our location to UK, refresh Netflix, and good to go. See, ExpressVPN hides your IP address and lets you control where you want sites to think you're located. You can choose from almost 100 different countries, so just think about the Netflix libraries you can go through. You'll get access to video, music, social media, and more from anywhere in the world. Love anime? Use ExpressVPN to access Japanese Netflix. But it's not just Netflix. We're talking about that a lot. ExpressVPN works with any streaming service. Hulu, BBC iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. I can name one. CBS All Access, <laughs> which is the show we're watching right now on The Stand. And we had a lot of Clatchers who normally listen to our cast say, I can't watch The Stand in my country. I have CBS All Access. Why is it not available? Well, we're texting them and we're letting them know with ExpressVPN, you can now. And it's compatible with all your devices, phones, media consoles, smart TVs, Mac, Windows, Android. You can watch anywhere you want or on the go, wherever you are. There are hundreds of VPNs out there, but the reason we use ExpressVPN to watch shows is it's so fast. There's never any buffering or lag time. You can stream in HD with no problem. They also have 24-7 support via email and live chat to help you with setup and any troubleshooting. And there's a 30-day money-back guarantee if you're not 100% satisfied. Here's a couple of things for me that I didn't realize until we started using ExpressVPN more. You can connect to five devices simultaneously, which... When Jay and I are together is very helpful. And you can read academic articles on Google Scholar. I always have trouble finding this. There's more with Google, too. You can download your files from Google Drive and Google Photos. Really, just go to expressvpn.com and check it all out. Also, listen, my mother cannot do anything when it comes to computers. So all I had to do was download it for her, and it just works. It's that easy. She doesn't have to know what she's doing, and she's protected as well. Now, okay, protection is super important, especially since our whole lives are on the internet. But let's be honest, it's not fun to talk about. So let me just give you a few more examples of TV shows. Star Trek Discovery on UK Netflix, Brooklyn Nine-Nine on Canada Netflix, Rick and Morty on France Netflix. The internet is ours now. And if you visit our special link right now, expressvpn.com slash ckc, you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. Support the show, watch what you want, and protect yourself. That's expressvpn.com slash ckc. ExpressVPN, the number one trusted leader in VPN. We've mentioned the issues here. On the positive side, what I like is this very cool parallel they're doing back and forth between Stu and Fran. Yeah. They're both singing the same song. Things are seemingly going okay till they both encounter a problem. There's a fear of what's going to happen to them, you know, as Stu's changing this precarious tire, as Franny's inching farther and farther out over the well. I do enjoy the way that was done. Me too. The tension was perfect. Franny actually falling down there is gruesome and very realistically depicted very scary she lies gravely injured and unconscious in the well and that's when she starts having these dreams of running through a jungle and finding flag he shows her something in a clearing and says one of the last tribes on earth never polluted by contact with modern man once entire tribes like this were wiped out by missionaries that gave them blankets infected with the smallpox but these folks weren't even touched by the super flu watching it the first time I was confused. I thought maybe he was in this like middle world mm -hmm. and he was showing her the past to teach her something, a life lesson. I didn't gather that this was present time and he's still alive, physically alive in the physical nature. I thought maybe 
you know, he'll never die in the spiritual realm. Potentially once, he's even off in another world. Yeah. I was thinking in my head, um, once humans start to believe or think more in, towards his power, that's when he can first uh, manifest as an actual being and then gain power as um, he gets more followers. So I thought he was stuck in that realm in between. Mm-hmm. But it, apparently not. And apparently that was current time. Well, that's why he makes it a point to tell her this is a tribe on Earth, one of the last few. But it is weird because why foreshadow all that? If you're going to have the actual scene at the end of the episode where he comes to them, Mm -hmm. you don't need him to tell Franny any of that. Just have him talk to her about the well and her situation. Why does he show her that at all? Just so that it makes more sense when he walks up to him. To us. It's not really supposed to, because in the novel, you get all this stuff with Fran and Stu. You're left on a, it all continues, but maybe sort of hopeful. And then you get that last clip of flag. Mm. And there isn't 100% certainty. You are always left wondering, is this another universe? But what if it's ours? It's ambiguous on purpose. And it's scary and it's good. And that's all you need. Mm. We saw the pin showing he's still alive somewhere. I think it's enough foreshadowing. Because now he does shift gears into talking to her about Franny's situation. This is really the interaction that's important. He tells her in real life she isn't dead, but will be soon. I don't know if your skull is fractured or if it's only a concussion. I'm not a doctor, but I played one on TV. I do know that you've suffered multiple fractures on your right leg. Knee is blown out, your hip shattered, three broken ribs. And you see that blood coming out of your mouth? One of those ribs has punctured your lung. Nasty. I don't believe you. You lie. Yes, one of my many talents. I'm not lying about this, and you know it. Maybe Abigail's getting hungry. So helpless. So fragile. Now will your redneck knight make it back in time to save her? He offers to make things come out right. Land the right way. In return for a kiss. Okay, doesn't sound too bad. But also the ability to, you know, look out through her eyes from time to time. Possess her. No big deal. So she flatly denies him, saying, Get thee behind me, you fucking bastard. Good scene. I thought maybe she was going to fall for it. I was thinking to myself, would I... At that moment, um, and then she bit his lip and then bounced on him. One last test from God because he's never satisfied? Not from God. One last shot by Randall. But I've lost pretty much everything here. I'm going to have to restart unless maybe I can get Franny. She's in this precarious situation right now. Generally a really good person, but there's a shot at it. Might as well see if I can do it, right? And I assume that Mother Abigail knew this was coming. That's why the child was there watching over? Knew something was coming. They, They make it clear in the books a lot. When Mother Abigail is alive, she doesn't get full vision of how things are gonna be. She gets snippets, she gets ideas. She's there to try to help them, but it's not as though she can tell them everything that's going to happen. She's just there to try to balance out the situation. This line does come from the Bible that we mentioned. In Matthew, where Jesus says to Peter, you are a hindrance to me. 
For you're not setting your mind on the things of God, but the things of man. An example of even though it's not a bad thing, she's worried about the baby and stew. There is still a bigger goal. There is still evil on this earth. We have to remember that that's the primary antagonist. And there's a possibility Franny could lose sight of it in that moment, but she doesn't. I Good really, for her. I really do like... I would have made out with him. <laughs> well, and I like that the show seems to know we all want that. So they get her kind of teasing, leading in for the kiss. And you're going, no, it's so bad, but I kind Don't of want to see it. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> um, the interaction between them, it's very cool because it's more casual than anything we've seen prior to this. There's never a moment where Flag does feel godly, this super being. And perhaps it's because his power is diminished right now. He doesn't have the level of control or the ability to influence things the way he did before. But again, it just feels a little out of line with everything we've seen. People getting greeted by Flag in dreams prior to this. Mm. He's a little bit more laid back. There's definitely more sexual chemistry. His shirt's open. I just... It didn't quite fit as much as I think the performances are brilliant. Skarsgård's finally getting something to do. Odessa Young's finally getting to act. Don't save this for the finale. I know. It was nice to see Skarsgård actually be able to uh, spread his wings. This is what I expected when our crew was caught in Vegas. I thought, and I think I said it in the podcast, I thought this next episode, meaning last episode, is when we get to see Flag talking to them each individually, mm-hmm. trying to sway them one last time. And then Mother Abigail comes in on her side. They're torn. That would this be nice. This is their battle. If he did that and then he did this, it would actually fit. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah. Instead of avoiding them, never talking to them. Agree. And in the, the original and the novels, you do have the back and forth with the dreams. They're getting both. And how do they stand up to him or not in the dreams? Then they'll get the ones of Mother Abigail singing on her porch. So they finally bring that back in here. That's nice. Yeah, you kept saying they're missing the whole part with Mother Abigail on the porch. It, it's it's a lot more effective that way. Yeah, which I guess is just the porch of a nowhere house now because it doesn't belong to her. But okay, fine. After Franny runs from Flag, she hears the singing. And this is really how it plays out there, emerging from the cornfield, hearing Mother Abigail playing that guitar. This was very nice. I like the way this panned out. It's so warming. And if you imagine everybody early on getting that dream as well, yeah. this is why they start traveling to Nebraska. Mm-hmm. They turn to her because it's scary. Even though they've managed to defy Flag, what are we going to do? Just as Franny says. And Mother reassures her, Flag showed you what he thought would scare you. He's his father's son. And he tempted you. But you resisted that temptation. And God will bless you. Come on, come here. Come on, you girl. Come here. I can die. I can die, but not my baby. Not Franny, not your baby. Now, Fran does make a small thing here, and I wish we had more of that. Fran pushing back a little bit, as we spoke about in the original. She doesn't understand. Why does this keep happening? The same human sentiment about God, right? Why does the suffering need to continue? We worked so hard and lost so many people and made our stand against Flag. I think that was key because that's what I was thinking in my head. Mm -hmm. I was saying, why again? Didn't they work enough? Why is, one, Flag still alive, Mm -hmm. and two, still able to get after them or get at them? Where is God to protect? And the point makes a lot of sense. It brings the message home. This is not 
God's fault. These two forces are eternal. Yep. They're perpetual and they're always in battle. And the only way we keep it at bay is by people coming to the good side and pushing it back down for a while. You're part of that. You're part of something larger. That I really appreciate. I love the fact because a lot of TV shows and movies, they don't give you that other side. Mm-hmm. The reason why he doesn't always just protect you and fix, and fix it. Yeah. Um, he can't. I like that. Yeah. And it would be meaningless if he did. Because we also need to understand what's happening here with the starting things up again. I mean, it all adds up. Mother Abigail says that Job said the same thing. And God spoke to him, saying, where were you when I made the world? The wheel keeps turning. The struggle continues. But the command is always the same. Be true. Stand. I like that. Very impactful. She also does something to soften that blow, which is great. She tells her, I am in the way of knowing things. One of my favorite book lines. I was hoping it would come up because in all of our spoiler sections, you say that. And I keep thinking, I hope the Clatchers know that this is part of the stand because she hasn't said it yet. A lot of our lines are directly from there. And it just gives you that nostalgic feeling. Finally, we get that line again. Why are you waiting till the damn finale? But okay. She tells Fran, you will have five children. They will bring forth 20 and they 70, some of whom she will live to see. Her children will replenish the earth. You're not going to die here, Fran. So she's going to see multiple generations. And you see we're back in the part of our nature where we're having multiple kids. So now we're so concentrated as a society and working that most families have one, maybe two. And then there's the outliers of three. We're struggling with overpopulation. Here, they have to replenish the population. I mean, uh, my grandmother had five kids. That's almost unheard of now. My grandmother had eight. There you go. Yeah, not not nowadays. So I, I think this is actually all you really need of Mother Abigail. This is perfect. Explaining it to her, saying this is your mission. Don't forget it. But God is still here. And in fact, I'll give you this bit so that you keep your faith. You're going to make it through. You're going to have kids. This is going to work out. I enjoy that because, again, normally you don't get that. Normally... It's the Mother Abigail of the story saying, it'll work out, don't worry, Mm -hmm. but not giving you any kind of proof Mm -hmm. or any kind of hope. This, at least you get, like, you're going to see your kids. You're going to get five kids. You're going to get to know your kids' kids. Mm -hmm. And it makes sense that Mother Abigail would know more now where she didn't when she was a human prophet here on earth. True. She's passed now. She has more of that awareness. Again, I think this is plenty. You don't need to bring in a reincarnation of her spirit. You've gotten to that point. Do we have a new saint? Saint Abby? (laughs) Yeah. And in churches, the statue, instead of everyone looking the same, With the garments, it's her on a rocking chair. (laughs) With a guitar. (laughs) Yeah. We now cut back to the scene where Stu runs in, back to the house. Kojak leading him, of course, because Kojak, good dog. He's awesome. And he finds the girl from the corn sitting with the baby. Discovering Franny in the well, he thinks he can use the truck's winch, but can't operate it alone. And that's when the girl jumps in to help, running the winch as Stu is lowered down on the cable into the well. Again, they're forcing the fear a little bit at the top, but that's when we see her necklace and it confirms for us this is some version of her spirit. She is here to help. Yet there's still a lot of fear because Franny is close to death. As he's pulling her up, they show that leg. My goodness. What are you going to do about a punctured lung? They did well with that too because the whole time he was going back up, I thought they're showing that the wench is fraying Mm -hmm. from the rock. Yep. And I was like, something's going to happen, something's going to happen. Aside from the fact that I think the whole point of this is really bad, 
I do want to mention the actress who's playing young Abigail. Kendall Joy Hall does a really good job. Kojak, with the baby, over there. I'm going to operate the winch. Mm -hmm. Stu, just do what I'm telling you to do. (laughs) It's cute. I like that. I actually like the scene of, as we put it in our Twitter poll, the girl, as to not uh, spoil anything. Okay, there's a lot to this trope, and I don't have time to get into it all here. So this is something that we will go over either in the bonus or the book review. And hopefully it'll shed a little light on why it's problematic, why people had difficulty with it in the novel in the 94 version. I actually think they did a much better job of trying to minimize that last time around, where here they just tried to avoid it and then ended up plowing right into it and making it worse. So it's a little bit frustrating, but we won't get hung up on that. What happens is just that she lays hands on Franny, passes them along her body, and heals all of her injuries, and then disappears. Finally, we have sort of the last two reflections from the book. The first is one week later in a Gunquit, Maine, where Franny and Stu sit on the jetty and look out at the ocean. When Stu asks what really happened back there in Nebraska, Fran tells him, I found out there are two sides to the world. There's this, and then there's a deep well of darkness, a pit. And when I was dying, I saw both of them, and I was tempted. The command is always the same. Be true, stand. That ends it much better than the final words from the book, which we will read in a few moments. So I think that was really good. I think that's perfect. That's exactly it. The circle closes mm-hmm. with that. And we see some power from the good. Yeah, we see, we know what's going to happen. We're going to continually be presented with this choice and we need to keep making the right choice along the way. So that's the side of good, but we also get the final epilogue on the other side where Flag wakes up naked because he's just been reborn, <laughs> but with his boots on, to the tribe from his vision. One of the men tries to shoot him, but he catches the arrow and kills the man. Worship me! And the circle opens. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It never ends. The test happens again. Mm -hmm. I like that. Weird that he would go to a tribe. It's going to take him a very long time to gain any power. Yeah, but things have been so wiped out from this world. And a lot of the people who survived had already found themselves on one side or another. Mm. He's got a blank slate here. True. They don't know him. They don't know what happened. I'm talking as if he's going to make his strike anytime soon. Maybe he's going to, he's starting oh, he's got to regain now for the his next strength. 200, 300 years Yep, where that rebuilds. Mm-hmm. And this is the last tribe never touched. Legit, like you said, blank slate. Yeah. And you got to see... Skarsgård? You talking about his bare butt? Because that's the second time. We saw it already. Now here's the thing. Yes, Skarsgård is an incredibly good looking man. I don't want to be... Like all the other podcasts, no shade. Some of them are really good, but they spend 10 minutes at a clip every episode fawning. Over his ass? Over Skarsgård and his ass and (laughs) how much they want him. Yes, I love looking at him. He's great eye candy, but I don't care if the acting's not good. Ultimately, that's what matters to me. Here, it was. It was? Yeah, I was going to say. But it was a little lacking all season long. I was... They didn't give him enough. Waiting for him to really be able to sink his teeth into something. I like the way he was portrayed in this episode. He was borderline, you know, nice and funny to scary and manipulative to... more of the charmer. ...starting uh, his power. Jamie Sheridan-esque. That's sort of what I was looking for the whole time. But we will talk overall thoughts on all the performances and everything more next time in the bonus. 
let's just wrap up this finale and go to our dream rating. In our bonus episode, which we often do at the end of a series, it's a chance for us to look back on the entirety of the series, what we thought about the creative vision, the actors, how this version stacks up to previous, which we've talked a lot about that, but we'll do other things. We'll discuss our favorite episode, our favorite scene, best and worst adapted characters, and our overall dream ratings and MVS. And Clatchers, we want you to be a part of it. So for our bonus episode, tell us your favorite parts. Tell us your favorite characters of the entire series. Tell us what you miss from the show to the book or what you wish happened. Tell us anything you feel and we'll talk about it in the podcast. You can email us, contact at coffeeclatchcrew.com. And of course, call us at ckc.6606. That's 252-368-6606. Join us in the conversation. Yeah, and most specifically, like we said, your season dream rating, what would you give it on a scale of 1 to 10? And your MBS, who took the most valuable stand as a whole? We'll put that poll up on Twitter. But now we're just going to wrap it up here for this finale. So Jason, on a scale of 1 to 10 dreams, what do you give The Circle Closes? For a series finale, I'm going to grade it a little harsher. Although I didn't mind it, again, the same thing I've said before, I enjoy watching these episodes. They're never boring. They're never lackluster. But then once you have to create a podcast and you're thinking about the story as a whole and what the story, the stand, could bring to a show, that's when you start to go down in the grades. And the fact that this is probably going to be the last adaptation we get, if not ever, in for our a lifetime. very long time, which is sad. But that'll be more of season thoughts. So here, looking at what you've given other episodes and how you think it wraps up as a finale. I'm going to go with a 7.9. I think that's fair. I was tempted to go really low because I was frustrated for all the reasons you were bringing up, but I made myself think rationally. I looked back to my lowest episode, which was Fear and Loathing in New Vegas, 6.5. And I was flat out angry at that. It wasn't quite so egregious, but a big letdown. So I'm going to go to a seven dreams. I think it would be okay. It's not a bad episode and there are some really great moments. It doesn't fit with anything. It doesn't truly wrap it up nicely for me. And it does this thing that we did often in the season where we fall back on some of the book stuff because we don't have a lot of new ideas and yet put in the wrong order in the wrong way for me. So I don't know. It's, it's not terrible. I'm going to give it a seven dreams. And now to our Clatcher section. Just a reminder, we have a Patreon if you want to support what Christina and myself are doing and get more content. Join us over at Patreon where we have bonuses, coffee breaks, movie review podcasts, and even more interactive sections. Join in on the fun and become part of the crew. And now to our MVS over at Twitter, at CKC Podcast, we ask our Clatchers, who made your most valuable stand? This week we gave you Franny, Stu, and I spelled it wrong. Like the soup, Jason. It I was, gave you the spelling of everything else, but I just figured we'd be okay on STU. All right. To be honest with you, um, I'm still working from home. We did this all during my lunch break, and I was running out of time, and that's the excuse I'm going to give you. I wasn't thinking. Even though he never knows how to spell, but that's okay. <laughs> then Russell Faraday, that was, of course, Flag, Randall Flag, but we were trying not to be too spoilerly. No, that's really fun because people who are book readers would know Flag is known for taking different names, especially when he comes in different incarnations, but he's always going back and forth. Richard Forrest, Forrester or something like that. Russell Faraday, it's always an RF name. 
But if you didn't, hopefully you wouldn't know what that is. Exactly. And then we said just girl. Again, to avoid spoilers, if you watch the episode, you would know who we're talking mm-hmm. about. Now, this time, there's still, it's Friday right now. There's still a day left. And I did that. I extended it even more because I've been noticing that we have Clatchers that write in, oh, I missed it. So this gives you a chance to still vote and to still comment. And just so you know, just because uh, last week we got all of your comments after the podcast, we read them. We love them. Keep them coming. And remember that there will be a poll for the bonus episode for the entire season. So if you do miss this finale one, make sure that you join us for that poll. As far as people that did just recently join, I want to give a quick shout out to Austin, Molly, who followed Mr. Robot, and Lori from Ireland. Welcome to the crew. Now, coming in at last place is Stu. Well, yeah, I mean... Zero percent? Oh, no, Stu. I mean, he did... Save her. Race back. He got all the He was doing medicine. everything kind of in this episode. I'll search the house. I'll get the medicine. I'll, he gets back to her okay. He gets her out of the well, absolutely, with Mother Abigail's help. But I thought he did more here, honestly, than we've seen him do in a while. Yeah. Just unfortunately, some magnificent things happen this episode. Yes. But Stu is perfect for Franny. And uh, together, I think they can survive, even though they felt like leaving the nest. But then we have, at this point, tied for second and third place, Russell Faraday and girl, Mother Abigail. Mother Abigail. Yeah, both getting 25%. I thought Mother Abigail would get a little more considering the influence, but I'm wondering if people also did maybe have similar problems with the depiction here, the way it's going on, or the fact that we just didn't get a ton of her all season, and now it's sort of a magical answer coming in at the last moment. But no surprise, coming in first place with 50% was Franny. It was the attempt I mean, it made her more valuable. giving her an ending we've never given her before. I'll I'll say that much. Yeah. But also, as a character, they actually made her more valuable than ever. They actually made her smart and... Well, she's overcome some shit she did with uh, Harold as well. But, I mean, you're looking at the devil's son himself, and you're dying, and you can hear the baby crying, and you still don't give in. Good for you. Mm Mm-hmm. But then again, you shouldn't have been fucking around with that well. <laughs> no, and, and we do have, you know, that ultimate kind of flag is still back, whether or not he got over on her. Oh, I didn't ask you about that. What are your thoughts? You know, last episode we said it was a little unceremonious, the way flag, quote unquote, died. Maybe he's not dead. Because I knew he wasn't dead. Okay. Even if I hadn't read the original, I would know from the way that they structured that he wasn't dead. But they didn't explain it. Do you think he turned into a, a mouse or rat? And left? Like, no, why didn't I he think die? he just... Was weakened. This is what happens when he gets circle. weakened. He kind of vanishes out and then he's reborn again. And the power he's already getting from this new group of people yep. is fueling him back up. In this universe, God and the devil never actually intervene in anything. It's their, the son of the devil and God's disciples, the people he chooses. Right, right. Okay, I can dig it. So let's see what the Clatchers had to say about their MVS. Unfortunately, maybe people didn't get a chance to watch it yet, or they're so pissed off, we only got two comments. (laughs) Okay, Melly says, I voted for Franny and her stand, but that ending, what the fuck? Looking forward to the podcast and book club episodes. They're always better than the show. Oh. Thank you, Melly. Thanks, Melly. Brian came in and said, "Um, how about option E, everyone that endured the show? So underwhelming. Okay, I didn't give it to Kojak last time. Can I just give it to Kojak? (laughs) 
I mean, he's still, he's still pretty amazing. He is awesome. <laughs> I, every bit of me wants to give it to nobody that's in these poll options. I'm really struggling with this. I gave it to Franny in episode six. I still feel good about that. I gave it to Flag in episode seven, and you could even say eight, despite the fact that he goes out. This is not his strongest moment. He's still weakened. Franny does deny him. We see him come back in the end. He's still around. But I think that we've beaten him for a while. (laughs) What's so tough here is that I have a million problems with the Mother Abigail character. I hate the way they've done this. And yet, if, if instead of girl, we had the force of good as the option... I think Nick would have been fine. Or even just on the poll, if it said... Force of good, okay. The force of good, or something that we couldn't put because of spoiler reasons, that would be my vote. So I guess I still am going to give it to the girl. You're going girl, okay. Yeah. So I was in between girl and Franny, and I wanted to see what you were going to say. So with girl, I like what your thoughts were in the top of this episode. If it was Nick, and we didn't introduce just another character, after seeing Mother Abigail and then seeing Nick there, it would have been obvious, remember Mother Abigail said, Nick speaks for me. Mm-hmm. Nick speaks for me. That would have closed that circle mm-hmm. and made a lot of sense. I would have went. Or if we don't see anything, we do see the shot of her meeting Mother Abigail in the corn, in the dreams. But when we get to real life... Nothing's actually there. Franny makes her stand and then she wakes up and she's healed. Okay. Because she took the stand. The force happens, but we don't need to see a character in visual presentation waving their hand over her. She just opens up her eyes and and is looking at her body and everything is better. You know, Mm -hmm. I see what you're saying, but I liked it because I've been waiting to see some magic from the good. It's always been magic from the bad. Mm -hmm. So I didn't mind that. I mean, that's pretty magical. Yeah, but to show it, because they're always showing the, the bad magic, you mm-hmm. know. All right, so for that, I'm going to go Franny. Yeah, and you actually haven't given it to her yet this season, so I like that. Franny and uh, Flag's lovely Fanny. <laughs> and honorable to Kojak. Oh, Kojak all the way. He's the best dog ever. Mm-hmm. And you were saying, while we were watching it, uh, we need to make sure that Kojak gets a girl dog so that we can continue that. He got one in the books. Yeah. They found a a little puppy and they were saying, we got to wait for her to get older, but she's a female. They'll be able to make new puppies. Everybody was so excited in the zone. Mm -hmm. I loved that. So we don't need to really wrap up this conversation. We aren't done yet. We have a lot more to talk about that we will be going over in our series bonus episode next time. I just want to say it's been a really great ride. All we have left here is the spoiler section. I want to thank everyone, despite the problems we've had with the adaptation. It's been so much fun going over this story, getting into this world. I can't wait for the book reviews. And remember, spoiler at this point doesn't mean it's, anything. It's, it's no real spoilers. So let's just enjoy the, the storyline. Here's some extra info for you. And if you're going to sign off, just a reminder, ExpressVPN, if you're looking for a VPN to stay safe online, and you want to be able to see shows that Netflix is showing in other countries, and for some reason not yours, like Doctor Who, and there's a plethora of others, just Google it. This is the best way to do it. It's the fastest, especially if you want to stream video. There's no lag time. We have it on all of our systems, and we love it. We're protected, and we have extreme speed. If you're looking for a VPN, go for that, and know that you're actually helping us out. So remember, it's expressvpn.com forward slash CKC. Thank you guys for all your support. 
And now to our closer look. Yes, first we're going to talk about the book epilogue. I mentioned just like here, there was a part with Franny and Stu and then a part with The Return of Flag. Yes, a closer look on two parts because I am in the way of knowing things. Okay, this is great. We thought it was fun for this section, but you got to stop saying that when we're fighting. Uh, because don't, it, you know. don't tell them that. I'd never say that. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. As I mentioned in the book, we had the sort of epilogue of what's going on with Fran and Stu and then the flag return, but that the speech was a little bit darker from Franny and Stu. It says, all any of us can buy is time. Peter's lifetime, that's their baby. His children's lifetimes, maybe the lives of their grandchildren. Until the year 2100, maybe. Surely no longer than that. Maybe not that long. Time enough for poor old Mother Earth to recycle herself a little. A season of rest. Maybe if we tell him what happened, he'll tell his children, warn them. Dear children, the toys are death. Their flash burns and radiation sickness and black choking plague. These toys are dangerous. The devil in men's brains guided the hands of God when they were made. Don't play with these toys, dear children. Please, not ever, not ever again. Please learn the lesson. Let this empty world be your guide. And Sue stops and he looks up at Franny and he says, do you think people ever learn anything? And she says, I don't know. And the next page says, the circle closes with the quote, we need help, the poet reckoned, Edward Dorn. So the same message, but it's, it's a little more pessimistic in the books as opposed to what Fran says here in the episode. And then you have that final flag chapter, which runs pretty much the way that you saw it here with the return of Russell Faraday. And his last words are, life was such a wheel that no man could stand upon it for long. And it always at the end came round to the same place again. And here you've got Alexander Skarsgård yelling, worship me. <laughs> <laughs> worship me. Jason, last thing, we also had a couple of fun facts from this episode. Did you notice the cameo we got? No. Mick Garris, who directed the original The Stand miniseries. Oh, wow. Was in this episode. Uh, he also did The Shining series, too. He was very briefly at the 4th of July barbecue. Oh, nice. That's cool. It was awesome. There is also an extended shot of a wooden turtle as Stu and Franny pull up to the house that they're going to spend the time in. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about... Stephen King and Turtle. Matur and the Turtle, one of the 12 Guardians of the Beam, who also I mainly know because of the role in It, King's yep. novel It. And that's where we talk about it in our movie reviews of It. And they did sort of the same thing there, where the new It movie had a turtle in the background, mm. would show you some brief glimpses. So they're doing that here, which I really enjoyed. I think there was a couple other more obscure Easter eggs, because they were doing that for a while in the beginning and then kind of backed off. I think the name of the pharmacy that Stu went into had some meaning, but I didn't catch a lot of the other ones. Okay. Because they're either smaller or they relate to the Dark Tower. And unfortunately, I haven't read those. Mm. But it would make sense because we're doing this whole circle closes thing and Randall flag in multiple universes. So I think that was nice. But that's all I got. Any last thoughts on the finale? Look, I'm glad that they did the stand again. It had a lot of shortcomings. There was a lot of positives. The cinematography. Uh, just watch the way Nadine jumps out that window again. So beautifully done. There's a lot of great moments. But they missed the heart of what the stand really is. The central thesis, really, in my point of view, and I, I do see 
Stephen King wrote this last episode, him trying to bring back some of those elements, Mm -hmm. trying to close it up for characters who didn't get their moment like Stu and Fran. Make sure we see Flag again because it's a little dark, but it's important at the end. I wonder if whose fault it was about bringing the trope back. Is that really still him? And that's why we did get that here. I could see that happening. Um, This is the problem we mentioned about having maybe too many cooks in the kitchen, different directors, different writers. It doesn't always mesh together well. And then the showrunners just having a different vision for what story they wanted to tell maybe than what we wanted to see. Well, as always, Clatchers, thank you so much for listening to us. Thank you so much for being a part of the crew. Remember, we're coming back next week with a bonus podcast, and then we have three more podcasts for you. Do you want to learn more about what the stand as a story has to give you? The psychology of the characters, more about the super flu. Does it medically make sense? What would it look like in real life? How do all three versions compare to each other? What are some of the bigger themes going on? We're going to have so many things to talk about. So if you're into that, make sure you stay tuned to the CKC channel, everything we have coming at you. And until next week, you come see me anytime. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at CKC Podcast. And if you'd like to support Jason and Christina and would love even more content, including bonus casts and movie reviews, join our Patreon at patreon.com slash CKC podcast. This round is on me.